Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Romy noticed me scoping out the faithful. She lowered her voice to avoid the attention of passers-by. There's a public lecture in Nighthead tomorrow at midnight, right in the middle of Grimner Square. I think it's called On the Merits of Darkness, a lot to do about why we'd all be better off living in the dark. That supposed sage from Raveland University is giving it, Dr. Templeton Scrim. I was going to attend myself to see what all the noise was about, but then I was reassigned. That's why there's so many true believers on board. They're all seeking an education on the finer points of living with the lights out. <laughs> Horrible idea, if you ask me. All I know is the electric bill's sure gonna be bigger with all those bulbs burning. Romy offered a quick smirk and an eye roll. My own eyes went to the small group of true believers hovering by one of the big windows, watching the clouds tumble past us. They were neo-Gnostics. The whole religion was just a rebranding of Gnosticism, more focused now on the pursuit of secret knowledge than anything else. Their symbol was a three-eyed pig, the glutton of wisdom. A lot of the time, whenever I was on the hunt, a quick chat with the locals would give up a lot more insight than expected. And since these guys were the closest thing to the bygone internet, I figured I'd see if I could hit them up for some quick info. Sidling up to the elder of the group, a large man with a wild gray beard, I started things off with some coin, which, in my experience, was the best conversation starter there was. I understand all knowledge comes at a price, I reached for a few bills of legal tender. Yeah, indeed. And wisdom isn't cheap, either. His eyes jabbed my wallet as I pinched an extra bill into my grip. Sure isn't. After I handed over a small dowry, I posed my question. I wonder if you know anything interesting about a little town called Marrows, named after the lake it sits on, Marrows Bed. The neo-gnostic all wear little books on their belt, fixed by chains. It's where all their personal wisdom is stored. Apparently, after they die, the pages get transcribed into one big secret book. Just before his fingers touched the hardback, he looked up and grinned a big mouthful of dirty teeth. 
Ah, Marrows makes its living, officially from fishing. That man over by the meal table reeks of fish, and he's been trying very hard to make certain you haven't noticed him watching you and that dark lady you've been traveling with. Perhaps he could answer your question better than I. My goddamn ticks, combined with meeting my sister after all these years and getting roped into a blimp ride, must have put me off my game. I should have seen this guy coming from a million miles out. But the old graybeard was right. The fishmonger was tailing us. Youth is akin to the initial stages of a romance, when the newness of the other promises countless merry adventures to come. Consequently, middle age is the point at which romance has died a slow death, from too much knowledge, too much intimacy with the other, and all that's left are the doldrums. That just about summed up me and the world, just getting along, no longer in love, only pleasantly tolerating one another. Yet having my brother back seemed to renew my vows to the world, the future again alive with possibility. But Isaiah was more than just the sum of all our lost time. He was darker, deadlier. I hated to think it, but I'd been around my share of monsters and my brother shared much in common with them. The way he moved with the sureness of a predator, how his eyes could become unfeeling glass in an instant, like a shark. And yet, I still felt safe with him. But we were a long way from that small room we once shared together, when he'd puff out his little chest at the sight of the white coats coming for his sobbing sister. I'd more than learned how to protect myself since then. I might even have become a bit of a monster myself. While my brother took up a conversation with the local clergy, I decided to check out the view. Clouds were almost as chimeral as darkness, their shape holding countless scenes and creatures, all of them caught in the flux of becoming and concluding, catching me up in their endless play. The difference between clouds and darkness was a matter of degree, the extent to which I could find or lose myself in them. Clouds offered some resistance to the imagination, their shapes priming the mind. But darkness was bottomless. It could swallow me whole and have infinite space left over for dessert. When the clouds began pulsing and moving together, I began to see less of myself in them, and more of something else, something alien. Swelling, dark, and foreboding, they seemed to move with purpose, resisting my imagination's sway over their interpretation. They became something of a living tunnel, their misty exterior solidifying to something approximately organic, like the wet flesh of an inner throat. The zeppelin fell immediately into the airborne orifice, swallowed into strange depths. And I realized I was dreaming. I must have been. No one around me was screaming for their lives, or their gods for that matter. 
Glancing around, I also realized I was alone in the darkened plunging craft. If I chose to, I could pop right out of the dream. After all, I was under no obligation to stay asleep. But I figured I'd ride it out. My dreams can often enough be tangled up with all sorts of insights. And this dream didn't feel entirely my own, but someone else's. Whenever I slept, my own dreams tended to act as a sponge, exerting a small telepathic pull upon the minds around me. While this gave me some insight into the persons near me, the imagery and information were also mixed up with my own personal dream lexicon, symbols and ideas developed from my past, which made sorting through them a royal pain. Yet the mind I was drawing from wasn't ordinary. Its dream language practically ancient Greek, heavy on the ancient. Its separation from my own dream was distinct and horrible. There was no confusing me with it. Yes, clearly it wasn't any kind of a human dream. It was more like a separate but equal reality, an orderly horror show from another darker world. Granted, I was familiar with such things, but not of this type. Regardless, I was eager to see where things led. The blimp disappeared from the dream, and now I was being yanked through what seemed like a never-ending gullet, pulled by a great length of cord, fishing line to be exact. Slowly, horribly, with blood and snapping tissue aplenty, the throbbing barrier in front of me parted from the intrusion of a massive blade. It sliced in from the outside, hissing past my face as it tore a long gash. Next thing I knew, I was falling through the riven flesh, tumbling down into darkness. With a wet thud, I landed on something coarse and hard, thunder and wind and rain pouring down around me. Looking up into the storm and darkness, I glimpsed something massive above me. It was the largest eel I'd ever seen, its body a slimy black tree trunk writhing against the bluster of a hurricane. It swayed on the wind by thick fishing line. The hook ripped halfway through its face, a massive hole cut into its slick gleaming belly and what seemed an umbilicus leaking down out of the hole and into my abdomen, as if the thing had just given birth to me. A great husky voice sounded from behind me. What the hell is it? A second equally raspy voice answered. Dunno. By the Christ, I don't know. I turned my gaze to the conversation and realized I was sprawled out on the deck of a schooner, two large fishermen looking down at me in disgust and bewilderment. The taller glanced at the shorter. Should we push it overboard? As if in answer, the night storm instantly quit its fury, and the water became like glass. The two men froze, fixed motionless by the sudden change. Across the still waters slid a monstrous hissing, as if the night sky were whispering. Here lies my son. The darkness throbbed as if alive. Do with him as you would any god. Venerate him. 
or know suffering that cannot end. Generally, I can impose dreams over my waking environment, allowing me to watch them unravel while keeping an eye on the world around me. But I followed the dream of the eel child too far, allowed it to take me too deep. When I surfaced, I was sitting across from my brother in a dark booth, somewhere inside the airship. I, uh, see some things never change. His voice was a concerned whisper. Well, at least I don't stand around anymore doing my best impressions of showroom mannequin. I'd long ago trained my sleeping body to seek out a quiet place to settle itself whenever my mind decided to hitch a ride on a dream. Isaiah lit me a cigarette from the pack in my hand and set it in the nearby ashtray. I also trained my sleeping self to have a slim ready whenever I hopped out of a dream. As my vision settled like dust across the scene, lightly touching the details of the moment, I saw we were in the back of the Zeppelin's tea room, the lights low and the conversations hushed all around. The room was jam-packed with whispering clerics, all bound for the darkest city in the land. It's funny how zealots speak to the public in big, booming voices, but always whispered among themselves. My brother's eyes were impatient. So many years between us now, and he still knew what my walking dreams implied. Kids born from eels mean anything to you? I smirked, realizing the absurdity of the question. I'd expect that kind of skepticism from a New Yorker, or even a yokel from good old sunny California. But I thought I was talking to a fellow New Victorian. He was right. For a second there, I'd forgotten who I was talking to. And stories about people popping out monsters were as common as flies where we came from. Though eels giving birth to humanoids was an interesting twist on a familiar theme. As was always the case with my dreams, there would be a confusion of real and symbolic elements to contend with, just as with any dream, save that... Mine were also a hodgepodge of real and imagined insights belonging to both myself and whomever, or even whatever, got caught up in the vision. The bit about the kid being declared a god by decree of a sea storm smacked of quite a bit of metaphor. But we were on the other side of the great darkness now. <laughs> Anything was possible. Too true. Could have also been a bit of leftover symbolism from the nightmare I ran into at the diner. Seems maritime dreams are all the rage now. What about you? Did those pious, wise-eyed sages let slip anything interesting? Yeah, looks like we got ourselves a tail. Tall, thin guy in the way back. Dressed all in navy and dark green. Not sure where we picked him up, though. Hmm, only makes sense, really. The Discovery team probably raised some eyebrows, and now someone wants to know if they have something to worry about. Someone with money. Blimp rides aren't cheap. And they must have bought a look at the travel registry to know that we were booked for Leland. We were probably easy enough to find. Not a lot of people visit Leland, I assume. Would also make some sense of my dream. I suspect that the fellow is steeped in all manner of fishmongering lore. Ah, the tale of Eel Boy. I know it well. 
A slippery fellow with bad teeth. But was he ever the swimmer? Went on to be a peerless lawyer, they say. Might I interest either of you with a menu? Just a big steaming cup of black coffee, please. Of course. And for the gentleman. Uh, Cajun Mary, heavy on the hot stuff. Certainly. I'll have those right out to you. I was having drinks with my brother aboard a ritzy Zeppelin, engaged on a quest to help save the country. I could feel my insecurity mounting. The sense that it was all just a dream, or worse, a trap. But there was something about my brother, something that was just at that very moment apparent to me. Even as my mind tried to muddy the moment, so chaos within and without me, my brother remained solid throughout. A chiseled iceberg afloat and aloof within choppy waters. I was aware of him, regardless of the noise that threatened to wipe out the world. So what do we do about the fishmonger? My brother's eyes grew pensive and cold, a dark calculus churning behind them, perhaps one that included a very harsh form of subtraction. It hadn't even occurred to me that we might be called upon to hurt people, or worse. Might do more harm than good to take him out. He might have already sent word of us coming. Though how, I'm not sure. Unless he intends to use our stopover in Nighthead to pass along a message via an uplink center or uh, maybe even a broadcasting station. I'm pretty sure most of the landlines around here were severed during the first and failed reclamation. There it was. Take him out, he said. Didn't even blink. My brother is a killer. I mean, I guess I knew that the moment the beans about him being the insomniac hit the floor. But now it was real. Isaiah was a trigger man for the esoterium. A killer of killers. I figure we stay here when we touch down. If he's been sent to watch us until we hit Leland, he'll likely stay put too. But if he leaves, chances are he's going to rat us out. If that's the case, might be best to... Isaiah, I... I don't... That is, I've... I've never... I've never done what it is you're thinking of doing to that man. I, I don't think I can, or that I would want to. Isaiah suddenly looked ashamed, his gaze falling into his lap. I felt horrible for him, but he had to know how far I could go, or wouldn't go, as the case was. I'm not judging what you do, Isaiah. I understand. People like the ones you deal with, there's just no other way. But that's just never been my way. His gaze lifted momentarily, passing over the hilt of my blade peeking from the folds of my cloak. It's n it's not quite like that. The knife, my Balik, well, what I've used it on, the things I've used it on, they don't quite... It's just different, trust me. It's all right, Romy. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to ask you to do anything you're uncomfortable with. But on the other hand, someone might need to do what needs doing from time to time. Now, uh, at this point, I can't price out what this job's going to cost. But from my experience, things like this, well, these types of people play for keeps. At least one of us has to play by the same rules and play it a whole hell of a lot better. 
I wondered if I'd mistook his earlier expression when he realized I wasn't like him, a killer. Maybe it wasn't shame. Maybe it was disappointment. Here's your tall, steaming cup of coffee, miss. Thank you, kind sir. And here is the gentleman's Cajun Mary, extra spicy. Can I get anyone anything else? No, I, uh, I think we're all set for now, thank you. Very good. I hope you enjoy your drinks. We sat there for a few minutes, looking at our drinks, gawking into the newest space that separated us. I didn't know how to explain to him what I did, how it wasn't like killing. The Wakeless were monsters, the real deal. Creatures from another reality, some place secreted deep within sleep. But my weapon, my Balik, was for self-defense, against the things the Wakeless conjured from sleep, things that were comprised of psychic energy but weren't alive in any traditional sense. The same went for any of the nightmares I went up against. Within dreams, they were true threats, things that could even kill me if I wasn't careful. But they weren't living creatures, just projections. Still, my blade could be used for other things, even outside of sleep. I shuddered to think of what it could do to a living creature, and I never wanted to find out. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone, and the Sleep-Wake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Maltopia, head over to Maltopia.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.